Shirty time. Let's get shirty. We had. Thir- I just took a shirt. <laughs> what? In your pants? <laughs> I took it. Yes. Hey, what's that in your pants, Justin? You can't have it. It's a shirt. Ooh, it stinks like shirt. How many, Douglas? 31. What? 31. 31 reviews. Yeah. I think the key is great. teaching people how to leave a fucking review, man. <laughs> I think you've got the, the formula down. On they, the back. They Pat make, on the back. They make that shit so hard to do. Yeah. It's like you need to know a special code to leave a review on iTunes. Yeah, but I'm exactly. going gonna, gonna to let you guys all in it's on, magic. This, on the secret. This is what you do. If you want to leave a review and get a fantastic chance at winning a free t-shirt, Go to, go to your, your podcast app on your phone. It's purple. Click the search function at the top. Click mind pump, right? Mind pump in two words. M-I-N-D-P-U-M-P. Hit search when it pops up. Click on the mind pump icon, and then right underneath, you'll see a little thing that says reviews. Click on reviews and leave a review, and you'll get a, you'll get a t-shirt if we like it. Go ahead, yeah. Doug. Tell us who We like them all. How many I, are we giving I'd away? I'd like to say that. We had 31 reviews, and we're going to give out nine shirts. Jeez, man. Nine. nine. That's it's the, the most. Is that I feel, the I'm most? feeling very generous. It's like these shirts grow on trees. <laughs> Holy yeah. It is the, the most. The shirt tree. All right. Let me read these off. It's Jay Wusan, Krazy, with lots of Zs, Larry Jansen, Zhard569, G Vega125, Fit Body Fit Spirit, JD Santer723, Hunt's Account, Fit Mom of Four. You're all winners this week. Thank you for the reviews. Ding, awesome. Ding. You all get free t shirts. How do they get their shirts, Doug? Send an email to iTunes at mindpumpmedia.com. Include your shirt size, your shipping address, and we'll get that right out to you. Hey, listen, uh, take a picture in the shirt, post it on Instagram or social media, tag us on it. One of you guys might win something else for free. Or a hug from Sal. Yeah. If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. Doug, do we have, um, is our GoPro, or is it the, the Hero 4, the newer ones? Or is it yeah. Oh, it is. Four. Mm-hmm. God. We are going to use that, motherfucker. We For are. Be, we, did you see that picture that uh, Justin put on the, was it Mind Pump Radio or yeah, your personal? Yeah, Mind Pump Radio. Of the, on Instagram? Yeah. Isn't that a great the, shot? The one in the kayak? Yes. Yeah. That was with the GoPro? That's a mm-hmm. GoPro. That's gorgeous. Oh, yeah. the, the the footage, man. And what is so awesome. I didn't did you really... guys all go kayaking or was it just you? No, this I'm is me. I never left the house, remember? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just you and your wife? <laughs> mm-hmm. That's nice. No, Cassie and, and Tom. Cassie and Tom. Oh, okay. Yeah, they all, they all went on. It actually was pretty cool. They uh, they got to hold a, a puffer fish and everything. They got underwater footage of it. I'll show you some cool pictures. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah my sister sent me over some really Aren't cool pictures. Aren't puffer fish dangerous? That's a um, no, the that's blowfish. Spiky, yeah. Blowfish is the one with the spikes. Oh. Puffers are the ones that just go. Yeah. Did you eat it? No. God, you're so mean, dude. Huh? Why would you eat it? It's, it's a fresh. Friendly, it's a friendly fish. <laughs> it's, it's a like, friendly. We did eat a fresh mahi though. It's, yeah, we did. Oh, mahi's, man, ma- mahi's good. Friendly. You know how you? This is how I roll to a vacation. We go to a vacation like that place we went, yeah. and then I bring a chef. Yeah, we had a chef on board. A chef. Jeff, yeah. you brought Jeff in with the you? house. Tell, tell him how. Tell him how good the, that those dude, two ceviche main... and uh, oh my god, dude! Everything. Four course, Wait a minute, four, four course meal. Justin, you hate fish. I know. I only like it if I can see the fish and I know it's super fresh. I ate. I ate the shit out of it. You ate. You, you, <laughs> you ate yeah, the I shit right out of it. I did. You ate the fuck out of it. Hey, guess what? 
It's what? Adam's birthday. It is. Oh. It's Adam's Happy birthday, dear Adam. Dang. That's like the, that's like the, the Happy birthday. The birthday gram I got that I told you guys about a long time ago. You know what? Twenty five has never felt so good. You know, it's such a good age. I feel <laughs> it's like never, it's never lo- it's never looked so old either. <laughs> yeah, that's cr- good for you, man. Happy birthday, Fuck you, Sal. That's nice. He's what are you doing today for your birthday? Working my are ass you, off. Are you, are you getting the birthday blow job? Ooh. Probably by Justin. I, yeah. Oh, wow. Me? Why me? <laughs> we not, talked about this, Justin. Not who I was, not who I was looking <laughs> I for. I think from. that uh, uh, isn't it like paper goes over rock. Uh, I'm trying to say it doesn't. I feel like birthdays don't really matter after thirty. After thirty, they're all they're all. Um, you stop counting. They're yeah. a little depressing after thirty. Yeah, so, yeah. You look forward all, and isn't it funny how quick that switch is? Because I feel like as you look forward to them when you're a kid. Well, as in your twenties, even or like you know, like twenty one obviously is a huge one, right? Everybody knows twenty one's a big deal, and then twenty five, you can actually go rent a car by yourself, and then nothing really happens till thirty. And thirty, I think I looked forward to because I had a baby face. I was always in like upper management position, so I felt yeah. like I didn't get enough respect until I was thirty, till I was an adult, like you know, like. Now I'm have to people be turn it into a thing. They call it like the dirty thirty. Yeah, so thirty places. So thirty was legit. Now everything is is not exciting. Really? Yeah. yeah You're I, not looking to get into forty. Well, that's why I didn't even bring. No. Really? <laughs> no. I feel like I, dude. Let me tell you something. Pay attention, man. Pay attention mm. to the fucking studs of the world. The real studs of the world. Yeah. They're in their forties and fifties, bro. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, like the you know what I'm talking about like like you get a bunch of like you get a bunch of studly 20, 30 year old dudes hanging around, and then they walk amongst a group of like forty yeah. something well, year old like successful fucking yeah, gangsters. They don't have as much shit, dude. They'll fucking punk them. Yeah, I feel like I'm gonna be more awesome. Yeah, I'm gonna learn how to dance. I'm look at let me put it this way. Do you think you're more more awesome this year than you were last year? Yeah, I mm-hmm. knew you last year, and I can say unequivocally. You are slightly more awesome this yeah. year than when you were last year. Okay. You've made an improvement. I like where you're going. Keep going. So I, like I feel like I feel like <laughs> I like where you're going with this. I feel like this in, is making my birthday better. And already. considering where you started, there's only you can only go up. <laughs> oh, boy, <laughs> you just, you just went, now you just went back. Yeah. You, did you have a, Did you have a special birthday breakfast or anything like that? Uh, no, actually, I, all I've had today is coffee. I'm, fa- I'm fasted pretty much, so um, I'm, you know I'm not really doing. We just came off. He's this on trip. work mode. Yeah, I'm very yeah. much so in work mode and. We so Katrina's birthday is yesterday, so uh, today is mine. Oh wait a minute! Yeah, yeah. Well, you guys are one day apart. That's weird. Me and my girl are two days apart. Oh really? I didn't know that. Yeah. Wow, that is crazy. Very very mm. weird. What's your sign? Uh, Scorpio. That's right. You guys are both Scorpio. Yeah, we're the best mm-hmm. sign that you can't have. So we whoa, have. Whoa. Uh, we decided it's science, by the way. Yes, it is yeah, science. Yeah. Um, we decided that this year oh, no, we man. were going to do, and we do this quite often actually. Aquarius. I'm not a big fan of Unite. celebrating the. I'm not. Uh, although I do like some cake. I'm not a big alcohol party. La la la. I'm, I don't like to make a big deal out of it. Especially oh fuck! Now. You don't, no. Justin. We got to take back the cocaine cake we oh, made for damn him. It. Well, that's maybe a little bit different. <laughs> actually, that could that hey, could actually this that could benefit put your work. Back on. That could that could benefit work today. Tell the strippers to go home. Yeah. No. So this year that was part of Cabo. Cabo. Dude, her and I decided, hey, guy. instead of going out and spending a couple grand on each other uh, on on tangible things. Let's do an experience. Let's go do something for each other. That and so Cabo was our gift to each other. Mm-hmm. Since we're a day apart, so even though we weren't there on the day of our birthdays, we're back today. Uh, we were there with uh, Katrina on hers, uh, and because we got back like late last night, right? So that was our birthday gift, though, to ourselves was the Cabo trip. So yeah, that's that was my wife's me. birthday gift too. So, really, yeah. is she a Scorpio also? Mm-hmm. Really, it was a Scorpio. It was a Scorpio trip, dude. There was, was there was three of us there. That a lot were of stingers flying. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. 
totally very, totally means nothing to me. Yeah, it doesn't. <laughs> but hey, man. Uh, so you're not gonna bunch buy yourself of, bunch any of horny people because every every that yeah exactly that uh you you say every year you buy yourself a birthday. I again. do. I typically there's nothing you're you're thinking about. Getting? I tip well. I t- well. Why do you do that, dude? I was <laughs> I was just saying that the Camaro's going in. So the Camaro goes in this week. What do you mean it goes in? It goes into the shop. Oh, you're doing something to the Camaro? I am. What are you going to put on it? Um, yeah, I'm going to put a turbo on it. You're going to turbo the Camaro? Turbo. Yeah. Damn. So it's going to go in the shop for a while. It'll probably be there for a while, too, because I, I got some things I got I want to redo on it, and it's just another thing. What's so. it going to do with the turbo? It's going turbo. What's it going to do? You know what I mean by, what's like, what's the, what's it going to push? Oh, I, you don't know. Yeah, well, you know, horses. It, it pushes up already. It's pushing about 450 horses right now. So it's it's gonna get going pretty fast, dude. You're it's trying gonna, to make our next break in half. Are you gonna be able to stick the tires to the ground with that shit? You no, know, see, I'm gonna have to reinforce some things. So that's what uh, part of why it'll be in the shop for a while. So the the turbo is just one piece of what'll happen. So I need I I have somebody who is going to. I might turbocharge my Jetta. <laughs> yeah, that would be that would be that would be cool. Push two thirty. But so like I, turbo. I told Katrina that's what I wanted before I left. I said, you know, your gift to me would be just getting it to the shop. So I believe she scheduled it to get picked up by the tow truck. I think it's getting picked up tomorrow or the next day. Um, obviously, I, I'm paying for what's getting done to it. But I said, hey, could you just organize that for me? Because I've been putting this off for quite mm-hmm. some time. I need to get the the fan belt uh, fixed already. So I, that need to get fixed. So I figured why not put a turbo on it? Yeah, too? I mean, you know, fix like, the fan yeah, belt, throw, throw an extra hundred horsepower now, on it. Too. Why, why not? Next why, birthday nitrous. Now why a turbo over a supercharger? Cause I was under the impression that muscle cars typically supercharge. People supercharge. You're, you're right. Typically that is, Damn it! but a, I knew something about wow. cars, huh. but a, right. uh, Congratulations. most, most mechanic, the turbo, I know everything, about the everything. turbo yeah. is less uh, stress on the engine. Than the than actually a supercharger. Supercharger, it's like uh, because it hits right away. You got to wait for the, the turbo to. Spin. Yeah, in fact, you and you can and, and it kicks in when you th- when you throttle all the way down. Right, you can actually drive the car around without it getting without really the turbo mm-hmm. kicking in. Where the supercharger is that that extra force there constantly. Right, mm-hmm. so. And I shouldn't talk about cars because I, I know very little room. about them. I just I like to drive. Them. I actually just said the two things. I only two things I know about cars, <laughs> and I was I was trying to find a way to inject those into one episode at some good, point. And good work. This was perfect. Adam. Yeah, I we should we should move along before some for, you, before the, some gearheads try and make fun of us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so what's your, what's your cake of choice then for your birthday? Uh, uh, the Paris baguette blueberry cake. Wow, what? and the red velvet cake from I knew there was nothing be but a cake. So I have two one. cakes coming this weekend. So you're gonna have two mm-hmm. cakes. Yeah, one, and you eat one after the other, or do you take one bite and then one bite? No, one do is you phase your eating of cakes. How does this work? One is for me to share with my guest. The other one is for me to eat. Who's who? who which one are you gonna bring us? Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you, guys, you guys can have some of my red velvet cake, but uh, the the Paris baguette one is I'm gonna crush that one. off limits. That one's all me. You're gonna have sex with it and then eat it. <laughs> Yeah, I do do like, that. Why does this one have a hole in the middle? You fornicate with your food. Only you would do something like that. You what? Are, you're a weirdo. Food? Yeah. Have sex with your food. Smash that cake. The, you know, there is like a the, sexy cake. There is a small Se- genre of people cakes. that in, that are into that, right? The what? Really? That are into like food foreplay and stuff. Get out of here. There, no, it's true. I've tried. I'm not really. It doesn't work for me. It's gross, so, man. It seems messy. Other things. Yeah. It, you know what? I it think, makes me hungry. I'm you like, know, you know what, honey? Do you really want to do this? Or uh, let's go eat now. I feel like yeah. I'm hungry. I don't know if it's keto, babe. Here's the thing that I, <laughs> here's the thing I think because I like to uh, whenever you, there's a lot of weird fetishes out there. 
and I say weird, but you know, to the person who's into them, it's not weird, right? Yeah, but, but I think it's because food has this for some people kind of this like uh, this taboo with food, like especially people who are super into fitness. I feel like see people who are into super into fitness will probably enjoy <laughs> doing the food sex stuff more than other people because it's like, oh my god, it's chocolate and sex. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> like, yeah, hey, babe, yeah, yeah. I put chocolate sauce all over my dick. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, I've I never th- done that, by the way, but I'm just saying. Yeah. I think you have to have a major... Spray some icing on your back. ...major food addiction to really enjoy that, right? I don't no. think... <laughs> you know what I'm saying, Doug? Because you know like, what I'm saying? Because then you're yeah. having sex and you're eating food you're not supposed to, and it's like you're doing all these bad things yeah. all at once while your friends are watching. You can't have bad-smelling food, No, though. I think it's more just like it's your yeah. thing, it right? Be so, savory. Like, for me, I, I am into, like... You know, pretending like I'm a personal trainer and you know, oh, yeah. role playing things. Oh, you like, like that. that one too? Yeah, well, because that's yeah. in. I'm You're into pretending that. to be what you are. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's what weird. Do hey, babe, well, I, got, I got this with, fantasy. I'm gonna pretend I'm gonna to be go inappropriate. I'm gonna pretend to be myself because yeah. it's the best thing. <laughs> you're gonna be wearing yoga pants. I'm gonna rip a hole in them. <laughs> that's all. Hold on a second. No, I only uh, I gotta back yeah. up for this. Only Adam would do that. Only Adam is you know him and his girl sitting. I'm down, so awesome. I'm gonna pretend to be me right now. She's like, baby, I just that you know I know we've had a couple glasses of wine. And I really want to get kind of weird and kinky. What do you think? And Adam's like, I got the best idea. That's what I'm gonna do. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm pretend to be myself. Because yeah. <laughs> here, that's here hottest, I am coaching. Because that's the sexiest. I thing met, in the world. I met like yeah, personal check, training. Because I would out. never do that with a client. Obviously, <laughs> yeah, so yeah. that was that's, that's the idea. Is pretending you be, like, pretend mm. to be something else, dude. Yeah. Okay. The truth be told, I pretend I'm you, and I. Uh, God damn! <laughs> Whoa! This is weird. Whoa! This just is getting really uncomfortable this right is now. Getting Whoa! Weird. <laughs> No, 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 no. But I think that's what, pitching. I think people that have the fetishes with the, the food are already yeah. have like a food Happened again. A weird food thing, right? <laughs> but so, some foods are just sexual, though. You know what I mean? Like you can't help like chocolate syrup. Like what? What sexual foods, bro? Foods that look like dicks are obvious. That's an obvious one. Like, <laughs> well, excuse me. That's eat? obviously oh, a like fucking a, like a pickle or a banana. I'll, I'll make like sure a to watch myself when I eat a banana in front of you. Come on. <laughs> You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, you go to the grocery store, you see a bunch of cucumbers, you're like, looks like a bunch of dicks. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, babe, go looks grab- like a bunch of green, pimply dicks. Yeah. Hey, babe, yeah. go grab go grab a cucumber. It's Pay not, attention to the one she grabs. It's not the tool. It's how you're using she, it. She gets I'm, the biggest one. You know, yeah. you got problems. I'm, well, I'm grabbing the melons, and I'm like- rawr, rawr. I'm trying to envision <laughs> my girl. If I walked in the room and she was naked, eating mm. a cucumber- how much that would arouse? Well, okay, well, if she's that naked, that's nice. going to arouse me. No yeah, naked. Yeah, yeah. See, but that's she, the thing. It's a it's she's the association. Dressed. Yeah, if she's dressed eating a cucumber, I don't know, mm. or a banana, maybe. I don't know. What maybe, do you mean? Maybe if it was like, I don't know if that gets me all hot and bothered. Hmm. Not like eating it, because like, you know what I think. Like, I think, like, I think, like I think I'm going to be kissing her, and I'm like, I don't know if I want to taste banana while I'm putting my tongue in her it's mouth. Like a, I don't know if I it's want like a that cherry right pie. Now. I'm like, yeah, well, definitely com- cucumber. Do you like the fifth- maybe if I'm low on my greens for the day? Like if I'm like, oh, I haven't hit my greens. This is could be hot. Okay? That'd be get gross. My, get my RDA here, and at the same time, get some. Sex. Being like a hardcore <laughs> fitness chick, and she's like, baby, I brought, I brought some food in the bedroom. Yeah. Opens up, it's like, it's like broccoli. Yeah, you were. I knew you were low on your veggies today. baby, I want you to pour this protein powder all over me. That's it's We're gonna, yeah. I'm gonna snort, snort it. Snort yeah. this off my ass, yeah. baby. Yeah. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> <laughs> protein powder? Yeah, let's yeah. put some gold standard instant, on your ass. It's an absorption. It increases protein synthesis. It burns. This yep. is true. I think that would be answering one of the questions we did. It would. Here he comes. Oh, he's wearing a birthday hat. Look is at that. that. Is he's that a so cucumber? cute. being brought to you by Chimera Coffee. It's the only coffee that is infused with all natural nootropics for a cleaner, calmer, and more focused buzz without the crash. 
Click the Chimera link at mindpumpmedia.com and input the discount code MINDPUMP at checkout for 10% off. It's the motherfucking claw. The eagle has landed. Cisco4158. Does chiropractic work? Do chiropractors mm. work? Mm. Do chiropractors, yes. Some, just like they some can. personal trainers. Yeah, there's some good ones, some bad ones. Chiropractic care has Mostly been- Mostly bad ones, though. There's been lots of studies done on chiropractic care for pain, uh, to ameliorate pain. We just and, insulted a bunch of chiropractors. I know. Yeah. And- uh, Let's calm down. There's lots of evidence supporting it. Um, in fact, there's because there's so much evidence supporting it, Many insurance companies will cover chiropractic care to a certain point. So, you know, and insurance companies do their research and whatnot. And they typically won't cover things that don't have some kind of, you know, uh, benefit or, or statistical benefit. And chiropractic care is one of them. Now, I've worked with a lot of chiropractors myself, and I've been very impressed with a very with very few of them. And there's also very few of them that I've not only been not impressed with, but I've also been like, what the fuck are you doing working with people? Um, These are the chiropractors that uh, think that chiropractic care and adjustments can cure everything. Mm -hmm. And I'm not joking. Literally everything. They attach a bunch of supplements to it. Well, well, besides that, like, oh, you have uh, an earache. Let me adjust your neck. Oh, you have, uh, you know... Uh, the flu, it's because we need to give you an adjustment. I mean, they'll think that it can do mm-hmm. absolutely everything yeah. for the body and that their method is the only method that you need. The best chiropractors I've worked with have a very holistic approach and understand that there's uh, this you know, synergistic effect of working through, working with correctional exercise, working with maybe acupuncture, doing adjustments when necessary, not just doing adjustments, but doing adjustments when necessary, and then doing exercises to support those adjustments. Those are some of the best chiropractors I've ever worked with. Dr. Brink is one of those uh, chiropractors who you'll go in and he'll do an adjustment if it's necessary, but a lot of what he does, so far from what I've experienced, has to do with, you know, correctional movement and identifying, you know, patterns of movement because... You know, if you adjust somebody, if their neck hurts or their shoulder hurts and you do an adjustment and you take away some of that pain, but you don't correct the recruitment patterns and the movements that were causing some of those problems to begin with, then you have this- It's going to reoccur. Yeah, you have this relationship with your chiropractor where you go every single week, once a week to get your adjustment. And that's where I think uh, some chiropractors get a bad reputation, you know, where they do that kind of stuff. But- Chiropractic care, a good chiropractor can be incredible. I have an experience. I mean, I have a personal uh, story, anecdote experience where, you know, for a long time I never went to a chiropractor. And I worked with, uh, when I had my wellness facility, I had uh, a massage therapist that was all about chiropractic care. And she would send a lot of her, her, her patients or customers to chiropractic and to me. And so we all kind of worked together. And so I'd see how well clients would do working with me, working with massage, and working with chiropractic care. And so I kind of, little by little, kind of became sold on the idea, but I still hadn't gone. Um, I was doing a workout myself, and I had injured myself doing a trap bar deadlift. Actually, the first time I pulled 600 pounds off the floor was with a trap bar. And at the very top of the movement, I felt a large, like a pop, right next to my scapula in my back. And uh, super painful. I had to lay on the floor for like an hour. It was hard to breathe. I couldn't move. Finally could get up. I went to this chiropractor who we, had, we were sending clients to. And, I mean, it was the weirdest thing. He, you know, looked at me and 
he determined that he could do a real mild adjustment because I was in so much pain. And it was instantly, like he did an adjustment and literally instantly, mm-hmm. like, I don't know, 30, 40% of the pain was gone, which was very strange considering how much pain I was in, you know, minutes before. It was a, it was a weird experience for me. Like he popped, I felt like this warm, you know, sensation go through my hands and then all of a sudden I could move and it's like the pain was almost half gone with just one adjustment. Um, and then, you know, I went back a week later and then after that week was completely better. Um, so that was my own personal experience. But I've seen clients have great success incorporating chiropractic care. In fact, I met Doug through uh, a chiropractor. Doug was referred to me by another good chiropractor who um, had identified that Doug had some muscle imbalances and recruitment pattern issues. And um, Doug came to me um, as a referral from a chiropractor. And um, Doug used to have lots of back problems, and now his back problems are almost non-existent. I think it's pretty rare now for for Doug to have any back problems as a result, but that's my own. I I was excited to put this question up for two reasons. One, I think it's a great topic, and two, I am, or we are about to uh, bring on, in my opinion, the best chiropractor I have ever met in my life. And I have worked with hundreds of chiropractors over the last 15 years, either uh, directly with them, whether I've gone in and seen a session with them, they've seen clients of mine, or we've worked in conjunction like with uh, one of my gyms, I would have them come in and, and give free assessments and stuff. And out of all these these chiropractors, for the most part, I am not a big fan. And I know I've offended to offended a lot of chiropractors because that's obviously an overgeneralization. There's a lot of bad trainers too. Doesn't mean that yeah. all trainers are bad. Of course. Um, here's here's a couple things. Uh, how you know if you have a good chiropractor or not? If your chiropractor, all he does or she does is adjust you and send you on your way. In my opinion, that's a shitty chiropractor. And the reason why that is, and the reason why so Sal brings up how great he this instant and most people do feel great so do not be fooled because you get adjusted and you feel amazing right afterwards that your chiropractor is doing all this great work for you part of why you don't feel good is most all people do not walk around in the anatomical position anymore because their body has been curved and shaped because of all these imbalanced muscular imbalances so what ends up happening is when you go see this chiropractor, he assesses you just like we would do as, as a personal trainer. And I say, and we'll just use an example of a deviation that we talk a lot about, like upper cross syndrome. So these shoulders are all rolled. The shoulder girdle is rolled forward. They have an excessive forward head, which is extremely common. The chiropractor comes in and adjusts you and realigns you and pops you back into place. Now, here's the problem is that they just they give you this, this initial relief because they pop you back into place. But guess what? You still go about your day still doing the same habits and movement that you always do, which what's causing you to have that pain are these tight muscles that are pulling you in out of alignment. And so when they realign you, you feel great. But then guess what happens? Those same muscles that were they don't fix they don't fix the muscles. Those muscles are still tight. And so they then what they do over the next week or two or possibly days depending on how bad you are, they pull you back out of position again, and then guess what happens? You're achy again, and you got to go back and see this chiropractor again that just pops you back. And then it ends up being a lifelong thing that you have. I have my chiropractor that I love so much, and he's so awesome because he makes me feel so good, but he's really not fixing you. All he's doing is giving a temporary relief to your real problem, and they don't address the root cause. 
when you know you have a great chiropractor is they start to address the root cause. So this is why I fell in love with Dr. Brink when we, the first time. In fact, he all the times that I've seen him, he's never once adjusted me. Mm-hmm. He's never once put me on the table and popped me into place. We've addressed all my muscular imbalances that are going on and showed me movements and showed me movement patterns that I'm doing incorrectly and showed me how to fix those. Now, mind you, that's worked for me. That means I have to outside of the, after seeing him, I have to go do things on my own. I have to do specific exercises, specific stretches and specific mobility drills to help alleviate this. But when I do, it's long-term. It's going to fix me forever if I start to incorporate this because we're starting to counter the other habits that I have throughout the day that were causing these imbalances. So when you have a good chiropractor, you know this because not only will he adjust you, if he even adjusts you at all, he's going to address the issues. He's going to address the root cause and give you exercises and stretches and corrective work to do throughout the rest of the week when you're not seeing that. Well, it's, yeah, it's a lot of the same feelings that I have towards you know physicians and trainers where you know with physicians, if you're going there to get your pills that, that help you get temporary relief you know, and they're going to, they're going to give you a prescription and they're going to nail it down to what's going to make you feel the best. But, you know, as opposed to something like functional medicine where, you know, they're, they're going to look beyond that and they're going to see the toxicity and they're going to look at, and they're going to test for things that may be, you know, at, at the root of the problem and trying to trace back. And, you know, the same thing with trainers, if they're the type of trainer, that's just going to take you on to just lose body fat or to just lose weight and that's the main purpose is to make you feel better about it doesn't matter how they did it right but they got you there yeah the 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 reason why this is hard for a lot of people just like what they're what you're doing is to comparing to like you know physicians that is those the pills give you that relief the 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 adjustment gives you this initial relief so people connect to that they go like oh i must have an awesome doctor oh i must have an awesome chiropractor because whatever he just did to me or whatever she just did to me gave me relief and so i feel better and unfortunately they don't realize they're getting something that's a very temporary and all they're doing is setting themselves just like the pill thing you say like now you become dependent on these pills Mm -hmm. to make you feel better when in reality there's a root cause to what's causing all these issues and we're not addressing it. And, and you- there's, I mean, there's definitely a place for adjustments. And like Sal mentioned, like I have a personal experience when I used to play football and like just the, the, the traumatic experiences of, of like slamming into somebody else has caused, you know, my alignment to, to, to be off. And, and, you know, I've had ribs and vertebrae out of, out of alignment and where, you know, they were really, it was painful and, and I could barely breathe, you know, to a point where, uh, you know, I needed somebody to, to, to at least give me that kind of relief so then I could work on myself and get back to a position where, you know, I could build my body back. Yeah, so. see, I used to train um, a lot of surgeons um, and physicians, more of your traditional doctors, and some of them were <clears throat> very dismissive of chiropractors. You know, they'd say things like, oh, it doesn't work, there's no science to support it, it's baloney, and then the other, then the other half would you know, love it. And they, the ones that loved it was because they had their own personal experiences. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, there is some science supporting it, like I said, but there's not a whole lot of science supporting it. And this is, I think, where you get the divide among the scientific community about chiropractic work. And sometimes it's the language chiropractors use. You know, when they say out of alignment, like what does that mean? Mm-hmm. You know, if I take an x-ray of you, and look at your ribs, uh, and you know, there, and, and there's a chiropractor saying your rib is out. And we look at the ver- we look at the X-ray, 
a regular doctor will say, your ribs look fine. doesn't look like anything's out. Mm-hmm. Or I don't see anything that's out with your spine. Or I don't see what changed with this adjustment. Unfortunately, I think, though, when we, when we don't have the language to explain or the, or the you know, conclusive hard science sometimes, we tend to d- dismiss things. And I think that sometimes that's a bad thing. I think, you know, for a long time, for example, uh, I'll give you an example. If you look at old wives' tales, right? We were told as kids, or at least when I was a kid, if I had a cough, my mom would give me some honey and some hot water to drink. And we were told that honey helps with a cough. And then as I got older and, you know, started taking courses in fitness and nutrition and health and people laughed at it and said, honey, you know, that's an old wives tale, right? Honey doesn't do anything for that. And then fast forward a little later, I take my kids to the pediatrician and they have a cough and the pediatrician says, oh, you know, give your kids some honey. And I'm like, well, I thought that was bullshit. I thought, you know, I just recently learned that that was just an old wives tale. They said, no, actually we've now identified that there's something in honey that helps suppress the cough. So there was all this anecdotal evidence. Yeah. Um, and we just didn't have the either the language or the science to necessarily support it because we didn't really know what to look for. This is true for lots of different things. We're learning this about fasting, for example. Now, there's lots of science supporting fasting. Well, fuck, for thousands of years, we've been told that fasting was healthy. Hippocrates you know, uh, you know, said fasting was good. And for a long time, modern medicine said there's no, you don't need to fast. There's no cleansing that happens. There's oh, nothing... You know, it's, that's an example. Foam rolling is an example. Uh, I, uh, acupuncture is another massage example. Massage therapy. Those mm-hmm. are all examples yeah, of explain, what you're talking about. Explain massage therapy, right? Are you really breaking up? What are adhesions? What are knots? Are we right. really breaking them up? But you try and find, you, it's, you'd be hard pressed to find anybody who has not had extreme, uh, had a great, uh, you relief, know, major relief, relief from, yeah. uh, you know, a massage session. You know, I, I know everybody that works out has had an experience where they've done something, they felt a pop. Lots of pain. They go to the doctor. Doctor does x-rays, MRIs. Nothing's wrong with you, but you felt a pop and you're in a shit ton of pain. Well, what yeah. the fuck is going on? Yeah, now what? Then you go to a chiropractor, they pop you again, and then the pain is gone. So um, although you can't, uh, we don't necessarily have the studies to, to, to talk about what's happening. Um, there's some theories behind it, but I'll, I'll tell you what, when it comes to the adjustments themselves, those are also a, an important part of chiropractic care. But I think what we're saying is the best chiropractors are like the best personal trainers. Yeah. The ones that take a very whole... Yeah, they take a whole approach. Like if you have a personal trainer that is, you know, looking at you and adjust, you know, according to... Looking at you according to muscle imbalances, recruitment patterns, you know, recommending you to massage therapy to help them correct those imbalances. And maybe you have, you know, something off and they have a good chiropractor that they can refer to you to because they have this holistic approach. Those typically tend to be the best trainers because they understand that, you know, that there's there's some benefit in all these different modalities and the best chiropractors do the same thing. So the ones that Mind Pump tends to work with uh, like Dr. Brink, um, has that approach, has that very holistic approach. Well, it's that. a great example by bringing in the personal trainers, and that's why I think it's important we, we give that analogy because I know I'm sure there's chiropractors that listen that we're probably offending right now that not by for sure there's some great ones out there, but if you got somebody who that's all they're doing is adjusting you, I feel like that's the same. Like, So I have a client right now that I help, right? And she has so much, she's got pain going on. We have, she's had all kinds of different surgeries on her back and she's had a reconstruction on her knee. She's got uh, shoulder stuff. I mean, literally all this stuff going on. Now 
I could literally be a personal trainer. She could hire me. I could come in and I could give her a workout. We could do bicep curls and chest presses and seated rows. And we could do this stuff. And I could be a trainer and work her out and build a little bit of muscle and burn some calories and burn some fat and put her on a diet and can be considered a good or decent trainer. But really, I'm not that good. Really, what I should be doing is addressing these these life changing things that have like altered her life because of she can't sit all the way down or her shoulder like freezes up and it, it drives her crazy all day long or her neck bothers her to the point where she gets migraines like I want to get to that stuff. So the type of things that I'm doing with her are completely different than the average trainer would take a client through. And I am, I'm, she, I've recommended her to, you know, guys that are, that are far more, you know, uh, advanced with mobility and you know, chiropractors like Dr. Brink that are going to help her. And together we are trying to get her to move better and feel better. And in conjunction with me training her. So. I think that's the, the same analogy with the, these chiropractors is if you're just going in and getting adjusted and getting adjusted and you see your chiropractor once a week or once every other week and that's all they're doing for you, you're, they're really not that great of a chiropractor. You're looking for somebody that's going to help fix everything else and it is talk, it has a much more holistic or looking for the root, cru- root cause of what's, what's yes. bothering you. you know? VH.ChristianJ, how long was Adam's journey from fat to fit? You like that question? Yeah. You know why, you know why I had uh, Doug put that up? Because you reference your journey uh, that you did not that long ago where you had really let yourself get out of shape um, when you had left the fitness industry and then you had decided to get uh, in, in the best shape of your life and then you documented it and um, you know were able to utilize that to build a social media presence and Eventually, it brought us, uh, you know, brought you to Mind Pump, but you don't necessarily talk about the details. You've never really talked much about what you know, what you did, and what you learned. Maybe what you did right or wrong, um, you know, during that period of time. I mean, you went into it. Yeah, uh, there's a. There's you a- went into it as an experienced trainer. You weren't just some guy, you know, who got fat to fit. You went into it having already had been fit before. Having at that point, you had already been a trainer for twelve years or something like that. Um, having been a leader of trainers, so um, let's let's get into that a little bit, you know. So yeah, look, God, there's so I'm going to need your help with guiding me through what you want me to answer here because there's so much that went into this. Um, I'll hold your hand, bro. <laughs> so uh, we we say fat to fit. I I don't think I was uh, obese. I was about 20 percent body fat. So, but for me, that was the heaviest or the most out of shape I'd ever been in my life. I was 30 years old and. A couple different things, uh, you know, promoted me to do this. One of them being that I remember all through my 20s as a personal trainer, one of the hardest things for me to overcome with clients was my age, that I was so young, that I was 20 something years old. And how could I know what it's like to be fat and try and get in shape or, you know, to have all these other issues that were going on with life? And, you know, I don't know what it's like. I don't know what it was like to, to feel this way yet. So that was a big part. That was a a huge motivator for me. So when I had turned 30 years old, I thought, okay, this is good because, you know, people are always talking about me being so young. Well, I'm no longer considered super young and 30 is still a young age, but you know, you're not like uh, the teenager who's playing basketball and, and sports every single day and super active. They can eat whatever they want. I'm now at an age where I put, I drink or eat or do something that's uh, in a caloric surplus. It seems to stick right to my body, which a lot of people talk about. So that was one of the big, the one of the big motivators. And when we, when I first started doing this, I thought, okay, what I want to do is I want to document it on YouTube so people can, I can share with them 
the the process and even the struggles that I have and the the mental warfare. And I think that this. Well, let, is- let me ask you this: When you because you were you were a trainer, you were fit, then you did this where you kind of let things go. Mm-hmm. Besides the way you looked. Because that's obvious. I mean, people can they can go on your Instagram and you know maybe you can post when this airs. Maybe you can post a, a your before a and after. Okay, you know, back on your Instagram page so people can see it. But because it's pretty dramatic, it's a pretty dramatic that's before true. and after. I, 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 there's probably a lot of listeners who've never even seen that. Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty dramatic yeah. before and after. And but what here's what I notice when I look at the picture, and this is why I want I want you to go into detail about uh, you know what that was like. Yes, your body looks different. But what looks different to me, and maybe because I have a trained eye, is your the your look, your energy, the the look on your face. Uh, and I don't mean just one; your face was a little fatter in one and not the other. That's not what I'm talking about. It, it almost looks like uh, I don't know. You you had a look of not your health wasn't as good, your energy wasn't as good, your motivation wasn't as good. Um, you know, well, that's a good place to start with where you're going right now because yeah, what did you notice? Like, one, of, one, of the, one of the things that I remember talking about and feeling was not having enough time in the day. I remember thinking to myself, um, where did it go? Like I used to working out was a daily thing for me and it was easy to get my hour workout. In. And of course, at that time, back in those days, I was working at a gym. So it seems obvious this would be easy because I'm in a gym. Now I'm no longer working for a gym. So how do I schedule this one hour a time that I don't seem to have anymore? That was, that was a big deal for me. And I, and I remember sharing that and saying like, this was a challenge. It was a challenge for me to figure this out. And a lot of that was the lack of energy and motivation. It's crazy how, when you fall off like that, and for as long as I had fallen off, cause it was a good solid year that I had really fallen off of training and eating consistently within that year. I still sporadically did it, but consistently eating, eating good and training consistently. I had fallen off and it was, a lot of it was work. I was working 10, 12 hours a day. And it was just like, it's not possible. I can't possibly get in the gym. It's not, you know, I don't have enough time and I'm exhausted after a long day of work. You don't realize how much your energy levels start to, to lower when you, when you stop training and working out. And it does seem that way. So it made me really understand when my clients would say that to me, that there's not enough time in the day. And it also made me realize that once I made the priority of, of getting that, all of a sudden I had this extra energy. Then it was like, so it was easy. It was obvious. Like, how did I ever miss this hour of my workout? Because not only was I able to get it in, but now my days were so much more productive. And I didn't think that was possible being a guy that was a workaholic working 10, 12 hours a day. How did I get this extra hour now of training? Well, now what it took me 10 to 12 hours a day was now taking me eight, eight, nine hours a day. So your productivity went up. My, oh, my productivity went up significantly. How was your, how were you, did you notice any changes in like mood and stuff oh, like that? You can see it in my videos. Yeah. If you listen to my uh, YouTube videos when I first started, you can hear it in my voice. And it's so crazy because it's not like I did that intentionally. Yeah. You can hear me talking like, okay, so this is day one. You know, I'm trying, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, and I'm talking to the camera about like what the process that I'm going through. And then you fast forward and you look, listen to it two, three months down the road when I've got some momentum, I started to lose some body fat and you can hear a change. And when I listen to myself on like the, the podcast now and I listen to uh, the way I was talking on, it was like, I'd uh, seem, sound like two slower. different people. Yeah. Totally. It seems it seems like there's like a big shift and I don't know when it exactly it happens but like when you stop moving as much and, and you stop making that a priority or even working out like uh, it comes to a point where it's like your body starts to then crave even less movement 
and versus the other. So when when you start making that a priority again, you start ramping that process up again, where it then starts to crave the movement again, get energetic towards that. But like, you could really like get to a point where it, where it just starts the shutdown process. So what was step one? Like, how did you? What was step one? What was it like? Because obviously, a year off is a lot, man. That's a lot to yeah. take off for anybody. Um, and that's a, a year is enough to erase whatever fitness you had to so, begin with. So I talk about this is that, okay, because the goal was to reduce body fat and I, I came out and I said, this is, I think this is a big mistake that most people make is trying to lose weight right away. I needed to lose body fat. I needed to lose fat for sure. So you made that mistake? No, this is oh, what, oh. this is what most people make. And so when I'm talking to the camera, I tell people that my goal at first right now is to start to just clean up the diet. And to start being aware of the foods that I'm consuming. And I don't want to see a shift in my weight on the scale. And uh, one of the things you'll notice is when the, the whole before and after picture is there's only literally like I think a six or a seven pound difference total. And I look I look like a 30 pound difference is on my body. But it really was only six pounds because of how slow of a process that I did it. And I, I explained that when I first start off that what I want to do is I want to start to incorporate exercise and movement. And I want to start to change the foods, the types of foods that I'm choosing to eat. So I'm getting rid of all this junk food. I literally was eating junk food. Like I was eating fast food. What was a typical, like a so, typical day? Oh, bro. I, Jack in the Box was in there. I was, uh, I get up in the morning. I'd probably uh, skip breakfast and, and drink a speed stack or a rock star uh, on my way to the, to the club uh, to work. Then we'd work for a couple hours. Then I would go across the street and get like a bagel, you know, ham and cheese bagel breakfast thing with maybe even a donut or something. Then I'd go a few more hours. I'd go buy Quiznos and get a chips and soda and a big steak and cheese type of sandwich. And then dinner would be like, you know, a jack in the box type of meal like that. I literally was eating like this for, you know, a good, a good year. And I still would, like I said, I still would get every once in a while, I'd get to the gym here and there but nowhere near consistent like I was. And the, the eating was what was killing me. And then I'd also now went to a sedentary type of job. I was sitting behind a counter. I was on a computer. I was on a desk a majority of the day. So it really like creeped up on me. It wasn't like I woke up and was like, oh my God, I'm super fat. Like I just kind of fell off and, you know, being a small guy, I always wanted to put size on. So I was never really concerned about putting body fat on. Because it it was tough for me to put weight on, so I always struggle with that. So, so you rationalized it a little bit, is that what you? Yeah, did? totally, exactly. Okay. So, you know, eating the jack in the box and things like that, and even seeing the scale go up a couple of pounds. In fact, here's the crazy twisted part: I remember uh, like being 200 pounds, right, and trying to become a, a muscular 200 pounds was like this huge goal for me my entire life. I'd never seen over 200 pounds. So then, when I became sedentary, eating all this junk food. I crept up over 200 and there was a actually little part of me that was like, Oh cool. You're like, yeah. Yeah. Like I, I was accepting God, it. That, how, crazy bills. how crazy is that? Yeah. Really? How crazy is that? Story, that your mind, dude. you know, your mind wants to go there because you had such a, I mean, it was a poor relationship with your body, a body image. Yeah. And you look at the scale and you're like, Oh cool. You and, know, and I'm, a, I'm, I'm 200 pounds now. It's, it's part of why I feel like we're so passionate about what we talk about. And, and I know we offend people sometimes when we talk so passionately, but it's because man, I fucking get it. I get it because I was there too with the, and I had this same issue that literally I'm eating junk food. I'm putting it down. And I feel like we, we even have some people that are on our forum 
that, you know, uh, wanted to be bigger and stuff like that. And they still kind of eat that, you know, junk food a lot and they allow it in their diet. Cause, and I know it that they have the same mentality as I did. Cause mm-hmm. I did it too. And I did it as a trainer and I did it knowing better. It's no different than telling someone who always wants to lose weight to eat, eat more, let's say protein or eat more of a fat or whatever, uh, that they're so afraid that they're going to gain weight that they, Stay away from those things. It's no different. It's just the reverse. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Right. So I totally. So, you, so initially, you just cleaned up your diet. Then you just. Yeah. So initially, well, before that even happened, right? The 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 first like red flag for me because I was okay with that 200 pounds. I was like, man, this is awesome. I'm 200 pounds. <laughs> I but don't I, even have to lift. But I remember laying in bed with Katrina one night, and I was on my side, and I remember scratching my my stomach. And when I went to scratch my stomach, I could feel my stomach hanging. I never felt that in my life before. I never felt my stomach could hang. It was like I never had that problem. Like even when I didn't have abs, I still had kind of a flatter stomach. I never had a belly that would slide from side to side. Like I never felt that before. And when I felt that, I was like, oh shit. This isn't the 200 pounds that I wanted. You know, this is a different type of 200. This is like truffle shuffle. Yeah, yeah. yeah, this is this is not good. So that was the big like, whoa kind of wake me up. And then when I started taking pictures, because that's another thing too, is that I was filling out my clothes. And because I'm a, uh, because my, my body type, I'm very tall and lanky. People weren't, people didn't think I was fat. People didn't say like, Oh my God, what happened to you out of shape? Like people thought I was in pretty good shape because I had these long limbs and my arms looked lean and thin. Yeah, like, you weren't walking around with your shirt off. Yeah, exactly. So in my head, I just justified this eating and didn't think I was really doing as much damage as I did until we started, until I started this process. And then a lot of this was like, oh, wow. And so the first part was, okay, no more jack in the box, no more rock stars, get rid of all that. And but okay. not even trying to lose weight. Yeah, not even try. And, and, and actually, I did not want to lose. And I make that very clear that I, I want to replace all these empty type calories with whole natural foods and good nutritious calories. So that was really the goal at first was just repl- replace all this garbage. And you know, it's so and this is what also makes me so passionate about, you know, the IIFYM people and people that say there's no such thing as good calories and bad calories. It's like, you know, or good food and bad food. Like, fuck, yes, there is. There's a big difference. And so, and that was what I wanted to do was to eliminate all these junk calories that weren't doing a lot of benefit for my body and start putting healthy, nutritious foods. And right away, just from doing that, and creating movement and activity in the gym, you are, I could already start to feel the energy start to come up. I also make it very clear too is I didn't want to hammer the body. I didn't want to go in the gym and start. I had to be okay, which this was talk about a mental check, being a guy, being a trainer, being a strong trainer, going over and lifting the little silver weights. You know, I was over there lifting a real light. Silver weight. Yes. I'm over there lifting a little, the little, little 15 pound dumbbells, knowing that I could go over and grab double that weight, but knowing I didn't need to. All I needed to do was get in there, start moving the body and stimulating and start to, and I knew that our body, my body right away would start to adapt and change. So that was a big part of. When was the, when did you notice like during this process, um, because here's the interesting thing: you have the you had the unique opportunity of being inside a situation that you've seen clients be in, you know, hundreds of times. Right? It's almost like a, a you know a psychiatrist being able to examine their own uh, you know mental illness as it's developing, being able to step outside of it and, ob- and, ob- and objectively look at it. Yeah. Like here you are, trainer for years, training people, let yourself get out of shape. It creeps up on you, like you said. Now you're starting to get back into it. 
when was there a, a moment during this period of time where you noticed this kind of shift like oh shit my i'm 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 getting back to myself you know where you could kind of tell like the the huge disparity or the, or the oh, big yeah. different oh, oh yeah oh yeah what absolutely. was that like what uh, happened oh yeah it was it was when the the workouts and everything became enjoyable because the beginning wasn't enjoyable the very oh be- interesting oh yeah the very beginning is was it sucked. Dis- is discouraging it's discouraging because you you don't see a significant amount of change it's work you know, the energy levels aren't really spiking yet. You know, I don't feel super strong yet. I don't look way better yet. And a lot of the work's getting put in, but I'm not getting a lot of return yet. So it was the best thing that ever happened to me in my life was for this to happen because it made me such a complete trainer. Now I felt, and I didn't think I was an incomplete trainer until I went through this process because it allowed me to, to see that other side, to see what it's like for people and then to, to know what a challenge it was. even and, and so that's why, too, when I talk to clients and I say, man, I know and I get it, I understand because I know better and I know still what a, what a mental game it was for myself. And so, you know, I think that when I, when I tell people about the journey I, I, and I explain to them that it, it is, it's this, it's this long process and there's, there's lots of steps along the way that you're going to make that are, you know, in the right direction. And every once in a while, you're going to have setbacks because absolutely I had vacation in there. You know, I had times where I was traveling. I had holidays. I had lots. Now, of, this was a year long. Yeah, it was about a year. I would say uh, the the total from so I went from twenty percent body fat down to the lowest body. So that was a, the goal was I was in the worst shape of my life, and I was like, I can't just say I'm going to get in get in shape because getting in shape out of the worst shape of my life, I didn't think it was that big of an accomplishment. I felt like I needed to show, okay, I'm going to go in the best shape of my life. So at that point, I had never seen below 9% body fat ever. So that was the goal, was to get below that. And the, the finished product or the finished you know, fat to fit journey for me was to, uh, down to, I think it was 7.2% mm. body fat. And I dunked at the very beginning. So I, I did a hydrostatic way at the beginning. So I had- So a, you were consistent. Yeah. So I had something to, to track. Well, and, two things. First statement is I find it interesting how a, you know, I hate to use somatotypes, but somebody who considered themselves a hard gainer or an ectomorph- had never seen below 9% body fat. And that's just because you were so afraid of being quote-unquote skinny that you constantly always fed yourself so much. You never oh, let yourself go down leaner than that. My entire life. So here's another twist. And I, I, I know because I can relate. Here's another twist to this story. Relate. Like So at 30 years old, right? 30 years of my life, I had never gone on the cut or leaned out. My 30 years of my life, I spent on the bulk. It was always trying to gain. Always trying to gain. I never felt in my... I ever had a hard time... And even like in like when I would uh, get in leaner shape or better shape as a trainer, because I always fluctuated between that nine to twelve percent as a trainer. And the difference between me at twelve percent and nine percent was like cardio and activity. I would just play basketball, mm-hmm. get on the treadmill a little bit. I never really had to change the diet, or I never was like reducing or restricting because I was always trying to gain, and it was very easy for me to go the other direction until until this point. So let me ask you this now: the question I have is, obviously, since that time, because how long ago was that? That transformation. Uh, let's see here. This is now five years ago. So now? five years ago, of course, at the time you were also an experienced trainer, but today um, much more experienced. And of course, since we started Mind Pump, I think the three of us can. We, we've said many times on the show how much we've progressed uh, in our understanding of exercise and nutrition and uh, of ourselves in, in a short period of time. Going back now, was what, what did you do that you think you could have done better? Uh, do you think applying um, some of the stuff that we talk about now, 
like in our programs, uh, would have, would have made a big difference, or did you already and not really know yeah, what there was to a, call it? There was a co- yeah, there's a couple things. Um, one, actually, I was doing. This is why I fell in. Why you know we hit it off so much when I came across Maps Red because when I had seen uh, what you had designed and I, it was kind of I was kind of. Uh, loosely following something similar. That's why when it, when you when I saw what you it's would, funny man when you when you try to seek the truth the answer is the same right you get two mathematicians trying to find the answer to an equation yeah if they both find the answer it's the same one and it's it's part of what made uh, all this so magical was I yes. happen to have been going through this process you you and Doug had already uh, created maps uh, the uh, maps anabolic and I was just like dude this this couldn't be so right on and it's it just you had a structure to it and I didn't have structure I was just kind of I was going off of how I felt, you know, and kind of listening to my body doing these like full body type routines. And, you know, when, when I saw this, I was like, oh my God, this is, this is exactly, this is exactly what people need to know. And this is exactly how you should be training. If I were to go back and I, I think there were some things I could have done better. Um, I, at this time I was still utilizing shakes and bars a lot. Um, I think I, and I wasn't using intermittent fasting yet. So those two tools, uh, I had not really incorporated that much. I still relied a lot on bars and shakes, but you know the. the what about mobility type stuff or like? The, okay, like yeah, the- that's something else. I mean, mobility for me really did not come into play until we created Maps Performance. I never made that a priority, and now and that never became a priority until I got into competing. Because when I got into competing, that was the first time I ever designed a program where I was so focused on aesthetics. Because as a trainer, I kind of did. If you were, if we, if we didn't, if I didn't have any programming or like a structure to what I did, I did a blend of maps red, green, and black all together every single day, like every other day. Like mm-hmm. I never had this, uh, out of all of us, I probably had the least structured programming. But what I did really well was incorporate all the different things that we utilize on a regular basis. But when I became, when I started getting into competing, I became so aesthetic driven that I had never started to notice the imbalances uh, until afterwards because two years of like competing caused me to be so aesthetic focused that I neglected a lot of the mobility. And so when we all created Maps Performance together, it was so obvious to me how much I needed this. And it was a game changer for me when I started incorporating it. So yeah, going back, yeah, having a blend. I mean, that's why you know, the RGB is, you know, I know we have a lot of people that like follow one of our programs or have purchased one or the other but I, I believe everybody should go through the entire process. I believe that wh- whether no matter where you're at in your journey or what your goal is, you know, all all three of those programs have something for everybody in it, and I think everybody would greatly benefit by going through all three of them at some point. Well, that's why I wanted to stress how long it took you because I, there's a lot of it's rare that you look on a before and after and it's not sixty day, ninety day, you know, before and after. Could Adam have, uh, you know, this is my professional uh, opinion, but could Adam have made a visible, dramatic change within 90 days? Yeah, absolutely, he could have. Uh, Would it have been the same kind of change, the same kind of long-lasting change, the same kind of change that led from led Adam from what he looks like in the before, and you need to post this on your Instagram so people know, to becoming a professional IFBB pro? Uh, to now having incredible mobility with exercise, you know, with 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 your exercises and your strength, and uh, no, I think it's a long process. And um, when people ask me, you know, why is your your RGB bundle nine months uh, planned out? And I'm like, because that's what it takes. Well, not only that's what it takes to do it right. I think that's a that's the minimum of what it takes. Because even though my fat to fit journey, like I believe that my fat to fit journey is still going. Like I think that. 
you know, like you brought, I brought up intermittent fasting and I brought up, you know, shakes and bars. Like these are things that recently um, I've been changing and incorporating like the ketogenic diet. We didn't do that till way later after I competed. So there's things that I've learned about my body. There's choices that I've now made that has benefited my overall journey towards health and longevity that had nothing to do with me even becoming an IFBB. So I was an IFBB pro and yet I still have evolved my fitness journey. So, but it's hard because people look at me uh, from the aesthetic point and I look like I was in, I'm in better shape when I got on stage, but really I'm not, I'm, I'm healthier and better shape now than I've ever been in my entire life. Sure. I don't look, look better than I did than the guy who got on stage, but I'm much healthier and much more balanced now than I ever was from a mobility standpoint, from an internal, from gut health, like those type of things from sleep, from stress, like there's so much more. And like right now I feel like I'm on this kick of, you know, meditation and, and, and getting into that more. That was, this is a piece of, of my health. And, and I feel like th- if I can give somebody something as far as like, you know, your journey of getting in shape, it's like, it's a never ending journey. And I think like once you, once you accomplish one piece, it doesn't end there. It's like, now you search for the next part or next piece that you can improve upon and get better and then sharpen. And then you get better at that. And then you move to the next piece because there's so many aspects to health and wellness. It's not just aesthetics. It's not just performance. It's just not strength. There's so many elements to it. And there's so many different uh, aspects that I think that we can always be improving on and getting better. And I think that's important to note that you don't weigh on one of them so much and, 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 and hang everything on that. Like, oh God, if I'm not, if I don't look this way, I'm not healthier. Or if I don't move a certain way, I'm not super in shape. Like, I think that's, that's a, a really important message, you know, that you're stressing because you do see this a lot, <clears throat> you know, it's, you've seen trainers make books out of this. You've seen, you know, this become like this big thing, this fat to fit, to fat, to fit, to fat, to fit journey. And it's all about what they look like and, and, and the process that, you know, they, they identified with the struggles of their client and all this kind of, they overhype this process of it being so hard. And then they got to this pinnacle, but then, you know, then what it's like, now I'm fit. Well, you know, they're not, they're not really in like telling people now steps to improve other aspects and other things that, uh, you know, you, you should really like constantly be refining and honing in on this process to get to yourself where it's not going to be a problem again. Yeah. This isn't going to be this fluctuating fat fit, fat fit race. I think that, you know, Sal brought up to the, the programming thing. I think now that probably the, the thing that I take away right now, where I'm currently at in my overall journey is this is the, the least effort I've ever had to put into my journey to feel and look the way I feel right now. So, you know, I may not, like I said, look like I'm in the best shape of my life, but I'm very happy with uh, the amount of time that I have to spend in the gym and the effort I have to put into paying attention to what I'm eating for the results. It's that funny. I get. It's funny you say that because there's still, and I got to be honest with you, Adam. There's still an element that you have when you say that of uh, there's still an element of okay, I, I need to look a particular way that you have when you say that. And I'll, let me explain. The average person looks at you. You look like a not a very fit guy. You look like a very big muscular guy. Um, uh, but but here's the question I want to ask you. Now, doing what you're doing now, because you're saying it's the least amount of work you've ever had to do or effort you had to do to look the way you do, and you look fantastic. And I'm not just saying this because I'm your co-host. If anybody saw you, people stare at you when we walk around. But And, and it's going to be hard for you to see that because you still have a little bit of that body image. And I know I'm the same way. I understand. 
But let me ask you this. Now, knowing what you know now and applying what you know now, can you see this, how this now can happen for the rest of your life versus before? Oh yeah, this you see is, what I'm saying? Yeah, it's a it's a it's a much more uh, obtainable, realistic. Now you can see yourself being an old man doing this, whereas yeah. before you're like, how am I going to keep doing this? When well, I'm and old? I think that's what I, I know. I was the same way. I think that's what I stress to people so much, and I think it was just a recent episode that we talked about this, where you know I feel like so many people look up to these these fitness it's fit inspiration, you know, Instagram, Insta celebrity people that you know, year round, they look like they're stage ready and they just look fucking awesome. I'm like, man, it's, that's such an unrealistic, unattainable, uh, thing to maintain forever, you know? And there, there is a way to, to have good aesthetic shape and be in good shape, but they're, they're the way these guys are promoting it and showing is not the way, I mean, this, this beast mode, no days off, like, you can't you can't maintain that for the rest of your life. Like, sure, can you do it for a part of your life, and can you make it a goal to get in a search? Absolutely, and I'm all for that. I mean, that's I mean, I loved competing for that. I mean, it, I loved uh, challenging myself to get in that kind of shape. But I want to feel good year round. I want to be able to go on vacation like I just did and come back, be there and feel good and look good. I want to come back and feel good and look good, be able to have missed several days in the gym. I have such a better uh, awareness of my training, my diet, like everything. And I think that's what, I think that's what we're always trying to give to people that listen, you know? Excellent. Listen, um, the RGB bundle we're giving away now for free this month is the fasting guide. You talked about fasting. So I want to make sure I, I let people know if you get the RGB bundle, which is the nine months of exercise programming, you'll get that for free and you can pick a maps uh, shirt, whatever map shirt you want. You can find those at mindpumpmedia.com. Next question, Doug. Yes. ASAP Bob is asking about intermittent fasting and performance or for athletes and how is it beneficial? So the, the full question was uh, this particular lots of, person. Lots of controversy here. Yeah. yeah. This person said, look, they've talked to lots of coaches about you know fasting and no coaches say that fasting will benefit an athlete in terms of performance. Now, Right. They said there's no benefit that right, they found. Right. Now, if you're looking for an acute benefit, um, you're right. You know, if you're an endurance athlete or a strength athlete, you're going to perform better if you are not in a fasted state. You know, even when we were interviewing, um, you know, the American record holder in 100 mile running who eats a strict ketogenic diet and does lots of fasting during his runs, he still feeds himself during the runs because he's mm-hmm. doing this long run. But what one comment he made was is that his body had become so efficient and sensitive to carbohydrates and things that he was consuming that he needed way less to fuel his body during his events. Yeah, he processed it. He assimilated it way more effectively. Yes, and so this would be like saying, will maximizing your health make you a better athlete? Of course it will. Indirectly it will. So I don't think you should if you're like if you're going to go train in a, in a high performance endeavor, I don't think you should go into it fasted. Like if you're going to compete, you're better off having some food well, and some glycogen. Yeah, you're fighting against one more element, right. which is yeah, you're 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 depriving yourself of of that kind of energy, you know, boost that you would get from eating. Right. So, but if you utilize fasting intermittently okay, on days so you're not going to perform, and then that's yes. the part I was yes. just going to interrupt yep. and say to you is that I think it's I think when you do it we're doing it for overall health benefits you know which can carry over into your performance later on but obviously yeah when you I mean you the quick acting sugar right away there's but here's the thing too 
Uh, and this is, I mean, this is anecdotal, but I mean, anybody who's actually done this, re- and Dom will talk about this. We've mentioned, we've talked about the, uh, this with him a little bit off air and shit when we got into the inter- intermittent fasting and performance is that you, there's, there's something to be said about when you start to incorporate that, or like if you go ketogenic and you pull carbohydrates, har- carbohydrates, easy for oh, you to say, <laughs> pull them away <laughs> and then you reintroduce them, how sensitive the body becomes to them. And I know this, like when I was yeah. competing, like when I would run a low, low carb diet and then all of a sudden I inter- uh, ingest like 50 grams of carbs and my body goes, Poof. Oh, I was going to say, because even, even like the actual protocol, correct me if I'm wrong, is that like, you really want to deplete yourself of, of glycogen pre you know going into that like carb loading for like an endurance race or something like that well think about it like i love this the sponge analogy with that and if you're constantly dumping water on a sponge right it just kind of after a while it just starts to kind of run through it mm-hmm. versus if you squeeze that sponge all that water out dry and then pour a cup of water on it what happens it ends up soaking up so much more of that than if the sponge was already full mm-hmm. i mean think of your think of your muscles and your glycogen stores like that if you squeeze it out completely dry then you give the body sucks it all up versus if you're constantly always carb carb carbs lots of carbs lots of carbs and then you go into a sport and you have a little bit more carbs the response that your body's going to give you like that is is less than if you were to have squeezed out the sponge then reintroduce the carbohydrates see this is the kind of stuff i wish i would have known too going into like pre-game because like our uh, the the common thought process was that was that you couldn't eat enough, right? You, game like day before, like day of, like you would just load. You would go to these buffets almost. Like we would go on the road as a team, and we would eat just like pancakes and waffles and you know eggs and bacon, whatever we could feed our whole body with. You get to the game, and you're just tired. Mm-hmm. You know, you're fatigued. You're just oversaturated. Well, I think there's, you got to also keep in mind that there's n- nutrition for uh, game day or for performance uh, during an event. There's a specific type of nutrition. And then there's nutrition for the days that you're not um, necessarily needing to perform. Now, if you work out every single day, I know some people have the belief that they need to eat to maximize their performance every single time they work out in the gym mm-hmm. with that type of mentality. But that's wrong too because every workout should not be a max test of your performance. Right. We've talked about this many times on the show. Now, if I'm going into a workout knowing I'm going to see if I can break my new, you know, my old deadlift record, then I may treat my nutrition differently. I may not fast. I may eat you know, uh, carbohydrates, you know, a couple di- a couple hours before, maybe the night before. Mm-hmm. But every workout isn't that way. And there is a process by which your body becomes more efficient uh, utilizing nutrients if you incorporate fasting at different times. Adam has even talked about bulking when he's trying to gain weight or when he was a competitor and still incorporating fasting maybe once a week and finding that the food that he did eat then became, you know, more of it went to muscle, less of it went to body fat, you know, type of deal. So, Fasting is good for your, it's, you know, fasting done properly, I should say, yeah. is good for the body. It's good for health. If you're an athlete, knowing when to use it is very important. You know, I'm not going to go into, if I have a, a you know, a, a swim meet, I'm not going to go into that swim meet 48 hours into a fast. Right. That's not very smart. But that doesn't mean I can't use, you know, some kind of intermittent fast two days before mm-hmm. the important event. And here's the other thing to keep in mind, and there's some evidence to show that when you train, uh, in a fasted state, it makes your body that much more effective for when you do feed your body and train again. You know, like if I'm, if I tend to lift or run or whatever fasted and then I feed myself, I'm going to get more performance out of that than I would have had I always fed myself 
mm-hmm. for every single event. So, fa- so the studies that compare fasted to eating are, are bad studies because they literally do this. They literally take two groups. We'll feed you something and we'll keep you fasted. Yeah, that's a terrible go, study for that. And then go do your sport. That's very acute. It's very short term. What they need to do is they need to take these long-term studies, take athletes that inject fasting intermittently, uh, you know, intelligently, and then take these other athletes that never miss a meal mm-hmm. and then feed themselves properly before some kind of a test and then test uh, the benefit. And the, Which you know, just and so see you know, this is, and this is why you're going to run into this problem with most coaches uh, that you're, you're going to ask this question because they're going to refer back to studies that – unfortunately are, are poorly done when this is the argument in the debate like like sal is saying like yeah no shit you're not going to fast going into an event you know what i'm saying that doesn't make sense for an athlete it's just but even then like i remember when we were talking to dom about this and he was like well i don't know if i would do that uh, if i'm an athlete but at the same time too we don't know yet if that's not actually beneficial it could have some benefits mm-hmm. but from what we've seen so far it, it may not be the most ideal, but for sure incorporating it, you know, outside of, you know, leading up to your competition mm-hmm. day or, or week even like. It may just be getting adapted to it, you know, like allowing your body to fully get to that point where it, 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 it's efficient, you know, in, within that state. So, you know, they, they don't really have any studies for that yet. So, yeah. Joe Rankin, 89. What is a good approach for going into the holidays to avoid fat gain? Should I go in super lean? So should I go in super lean into the holidays so that I don't, when I get out of the holidays. Be careful not to binge if you do that. Yeah, I was just going to say that, man. If if you're going into the holidays thinking, I'm going to be super restrictive so that when I go into the holidays, I can just go hog wild. What you'll end up finding is uh, you'll binge. You'll stop being aware of what you're eating and you're just going to eat for the sake of eating and stuff your face and you're going to find that you're going to become very uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. The meals will become painful. I know a lot of you listening know exactly what I'm talking about where you're sitting on the couch after eating Thanksgiving dinner. You can't breathe. You feel very uncomfortable. You have gone past the point of enjoying your food. At that point, you're just, you're just mindless eating. It's, it's, it's not a, it's not an aware state to be. So, should you go into your holidays super lean? It's almost like you're dieting before your holidays. No, I think you should just go into them being healthy and being aware. And what you'll find is you'll eat less uh, that way or eat not as bad as you normally would because you're in a different state of mind. I find this with myself. Like I just got back from a vacation and I let myself eat you know, whatever I wanted. I didn't go into it thinking, okay, I have to eat a certain way. I got to stay lean. I'm like, no, I'm on vacation. They're really good food here at this resort. I'm going to eat you know, whatever I want. And I still ate relatively good, man. I mean, yeah. the worst thing I ate, like I had, every morning they had pancakes and waffles. And normally if I went into it super restricted or with the wrong mentality, I would have gone hog wild. Like, oh my God, look at all these wonderful, mm-hmm. you know, these crazy foods. Instead, I, I looked at the foods and I'm like, well, you know, I'm not really craving it that much. And I think I'll just eat a little of this and a little. And I found that I didn't go crazy. And it was really weird. Same thing with my girlfriend and, you know, some of the other clients I've worked with. So... I think you got to go into it with a, a certain type of awareness where you understand what food does to your body. And, you know, we talk a lot about the yeah, signals. You pick up on the feedback. And- yeah, and you go and you enjoy your family and enjoy the, the, you know, the, the culture of the food that you're about to eat, right? There's particular foods that are there for Thanksgiving and your aunt makes a particular dish that's, you know, you only get once a year. But you'll find if you go into it with the right mentality, you'll find yourself binging less. Because I used to binge like crazy, man. I'd go into Thanksgiving dinner and it was like... Fuck yeah, I finally get to just stuff myself with all this <laughs> horrible food. And then it was real uncomfortable and painful and shitty. And 
now that I've, I've really connected the dots a little differently, that's enough motivation for me not to really even crave it. I don't know how to explain it. It's not like I'm depriving myself. I just don't really want it as much. And it's an easy, it's an easy place to be during the holidays. Do you, so I don't know. Do you, I mean, I have, I have two strategies that I try to do is one, um, I try and get some good heavy squats, squatting in the day before or the morning of, and then, uh, I really target my meats or so my protein and fats first and that, that target your meat. Yeah. I target that mm-hmm. first target my meat. And then of course all my veggies. So I try and, and, and by doing this, what I do is I don't tell myself, Oh, I'm not going to have any sweets or, Oh, I'm not going to have my aunt's favorite cake or I'm not going to, I don't want to restrict like that where I deprive myself of enjoying family, enjoying company, enjoying some of the good food that will be there. I just kind of prioritize things. And one of the things I prioritize is getting a good lift in and then the food choices in the order that I, I choose them. Because I feel like if I get a good heavy lift in, I know that if I am in a surplus for the next day or two, that at least some of those calories are, calories are going to get allocated to some good use, You know, hopefully building some muscle, hopefully some recovery. And then the other thing is lifting or I mean, uh, eating the, the food, the fats and the proteins first so that I'm getting something that's once again beneficial before I go indulge on something that's pretty much empty calories well, like it's cake like or the ice triple cream. threat, right? You know, like you have to you can't allow the triple threat to happen where you're eating an excessive amount of food. It's not quality food for two. And then also right away you go to sit down and, and right. just lay around all day. So you have to, you have to preemptively, like for me, I'll I'll just, I'll make sure and stand. I'm not going to allow myself to sit down and and get in a super comfortable position. Uh, You know, that, that's one of my things. Obviously that could be something that, you know, you would want to, that's something you want to enjoy in the rest part of it. But now you can't, you can't go super excessive on the calories, right? You know, you have to, you have to be strategic as far as, you know, what you're going to kind of allow and then going into it and then just, you know, enjoy it, of course, and not be so uh, uh, stringent, you know, as far as like setting up all these yes. barriers. Yeah, see, I, I, I don't want people to go into... Be mindful. I don't want people to go into these holidays uh, stressed out. Right. Because I know that happens to a lot of people. I know a lot of fitness fanatics going to holidays thinking, oh my God, I'm going to go crazy on these two days and just eat everything. And some people go into them like, oh my God, what am I going to do? you know, all these, you know, bad foods and they get stressed out about it. And I think people sometimes forget that holidays aren't about the food. And I know some people are going to, are going to start to, you know, debate me a little bit and say, no, it is about the food. No, it's not. Because would you have Christmas dinner or Thanksgiving dinner all by yourself? Would you sit at home, have all these foods, your stuffing, your turkey or whatever, sit down all by yourself at home, no one around you, and then have this dinner, and would it still be Thanksgiving? Now, uh, of course not. And some of you that might do that, that's a very bad, uh, that's, that's, a, that's another issue that we're dealing with. But for the most part, most people, now it kind of makes sense. It's not really about the food, it's about the people. So when you go into these holidays, stop thinking about that it's about the food. Start thinking that it's about the people. I'm going to enjoy these people and we're going to enjoy some of these foods together. And I'm going to taste a little bit of this food that this person brought in that they just made. And I'm going to, we're going to talk about this one a little bit. Maybe have a glass of wine together. And when it becomes about the people, you'll find that you'll have less stress about going into these holidays. You'll have less stress about what kinds of foods you're going to eat. You'll find that you'll leave, believe it or not, eating less than you normally would have. uh, And you will be making kind of better food choices. Because when it's about the people, it, it changes things a little bit. It changes the paradigm that you go into 
these holidays with. And I found that for myself the past couple holidays that I go into them mm-hmm. with that mentality and it changes. All of a sudden I don't I don't eat as many of the cookies and the you know, those other things that normally I would because it was all about the food. Now it's about the people. It's not that important to me. So just something to, to, to consider. Listen, if you like Mind Pump, leave us a five-star rating review on iTunes. If we like your review and we pick it, you'll get a free Mind Pump t-shirt. Also, we talked a little bit about fasting. We talked about our programs. You can find them all at mindpumpmedia.com. We still have that promotion going on where you can pick any guide uh, for free with any bundle purchase, uh, and you'll also get a map shirt. By the way, when you do that, email admin at mindpumpmedia.com and let them know your shirt size and your address uh, and which guide you want so we can get you those things. And also look for us on Instagram at Mind Pump Radio. You can find me at Mind Pump Sal. You can find Justin at Mind Pump Justin. And Adam is at Mind Pump Adam. And remember, it's about the people. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic. Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can get it now plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support, and until next time, this is Mind Pump.